Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey, you guys, thanks for joining us on the podcast. We're back in 2 Corinthians in the studio or over your radio or podcast, wherever you're listening. Thanks for joining us. Uh, really good stuff in chapter 12 and yeah. confusing things. And that's mm-hmm. why we're glad to be here with you and talk about it we're together. We're going to talk about it. To bring clarity and to just read in community. So we'll jump in. Yeah. Paul's continuing to talk with the Corinthians about kind of his credibility and his authority and who he is mm-hmm. in Christ. And and uh, and it's helpful as he walks through it. And there's some parts that we want to spend time on with you. So yeah. let's jump in. He says, if I must go on boasting, although there's nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third mm-hmm. heaven. Whether it is in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I don't know, but God knows, was caught Mm -hmm. up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. So people have fought and debated, what on earth is Paul talking about here? Nobody knows for sure, but Paul is most likely talking about himself. He is most likely talking about some kind of experience he had, Mm -hmm. evidently 14 years prior to writing this. And uh, he's already talked about how he's to boast in the Lord, not himself. Because again, context, there are these super apostles, there are these Christian philosophers that love themselves and are talking about how awesome they are and what they've experienced and here's all their knowledge. Mm -hmm. So Paul's like, look, we could play this game all day. Exactly. But talking about experiences and bragging about experiences because people can make them up, like that's not going to do us any good. He's like, let's look at what's reality. What can you see? What can you Mm -hmm. hear? What can you touch? Can you see Mm -hmm. the fruit of one's ministry? Judge me on the basis of what you see and experience right now, not on yeah. what you think you've experienced or whatever, which again was probably true. So Paul keeps going to talk about boasting. And he's like, all right, I mm-hmm. could boast about that man, but I'm not going to boast about myself mm-hmm. except about my weaknesses. He said, <laughs> even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. Yeah. But I refrain so that no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or by what I say. Hmm. So Paul you hear about boasting in your weakness with Paul all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and he's not one to shy away from his weaknesses or his inability. And I thank God for that because like Paul's saying, I actually have a rap sheet of credibility. If you want to do that, if you want to oh, go yeah. back to knowing the Jewish law or memorizing the Torah and all this stuff, the family or, he was born into or who exactly. he studied under. Yeah. Like he has all of it. And so he's saying, instead of doing that, or instead of boasting in my spiritual experiences, I'm going to actually boast in my weakness. Cause that best exposes who Christ is. And that actually sounds, Sounds just like Jesus. If you go back to just different teachings of his mm-hmm. or even the idea that we've talked about before on jars of clay and yeah. how we actually being fragile, finite beings can celebrate in yeah. that because through our our holes and cracks and through our broken lives, that's actually how the light of Christ is is shown mm-hmm. through us and how other people see. So instead of looking at us and seeing, you know, our our greatness and the things we've achieved, they actually see our brokenness and yeah. the goodness of God. It actually comes out of the same book, just eight chapters before it. Second yes. Corinthians chapter four, if you want to go back and read it. Mm-hmm. He's talking about how it's God's light that, that God made shine in yeah. and through us and how this treasure is now put in jars of clay. Yeah. And when we talk about jars of clay, you know, they break easily and they're broken. Paul now is going to keep going and talks about something that's also been confusing and debated in verses uh, 7 and 8. And this is what it says. Or because of these surpassingly great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me, Paul, from being conceited, Mm -hmm. I was given a thorn in my flesh, 
a messenger of Satan to torment me. Yeah. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Hmm. So this is one of those verses people might tiptoe around and try to make sense of, but it's it's kind of straightforward. Mm-hmm. What it's saying here is that God allowed Satan right. or some kind of demonic being Presence, yeah. to harass Paul. And they're giving him a hard time. And they're doing so because it keeps Paul dependent on God. Yep. So nobody knows what the thorn in Paul's side is. For sure, if it was yeah. a physical ailment, if it was a longing for maybe a relational change or mm-hmm. it was some kind of sexual desire. doesn't know if it was some financial situation. Nobody knows for sure. But what Paul knows is whatever it was, was allowed by God right. to keep Paul dependent and focused on the Lord. Mm-hmm. Because when you have a need, you're going to constantly cry out to the Lord. Right. You're going to long for him. You're going to talk to him. You're going to ask for help. You're going to he- try to listen to see what is he saying to me. Right. It also helps us build empathy towards other people who are going through struggles. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's a lot here. And, and Paul's also understanding grace more fully. Right. He's knowing that like the fruit of Paul's ministry is not because Paul is so awesome. Mm-hmm. And this thorn in his side is reminding him like, hey, bro, if you didn't have the Lord, you wouldn't be here. And right. he keeps going back. So I appreciate that mentality of his. So if you are if you have an ailment or something that you've really struggled with for a long time and you wish would change, um, feel free to keep praying and asking God to deliver you. Paul did. He says he prayed three times for that thorn to, to mm-hmm. be taken from him. And if your circumstances don't change, then think that possibly God is allowing something to happen in our life to keep us dependent on God. Um, if things are going well, if I'm succeeding all the time, which is definitely not a bad thing, there is a temptation for me to, to slip into a, look how good I am. Look at how awesome mm-hmm. and successful I am. Look yeah. at what I've done. Look at what I've earned. And I can kick God out of that equation quickly. Mm-hmm. And so it's possible that like Paul having this thorn in his side, yeah. we might be having things in our life that keep us grounded and it might not mm-hmm. necessarily be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like what you said that Paul's experiencing and kind of growing in grace through these through yeah. these experiences because that's kind of where he goes then in verses 9 and 10 talking actually echoing back to like his experience meeting the risen Lord but he said to me but he said to me mm-hmm. <laughs> meaning my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness therefore mm-hmm. I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So before we get to kind of like the questions, like what are what are we boasting in or how are we living? Just like note at the end, this really, I feel like, is an interesting point for you. He says, when I am weak, I am strong. So I think a lot of people actually misquote that. I think they think like, well, when I'm weak, he's strong. Like Christ in me, when I'm weak, you know, he's the one. And I'm not saying that's like a bad, I don't think that's a bad, you know, thing to say. That's the truth. But here Paul is saying like, when I'm weak, I'm strong. So I think of Job. I think when the same Mm -hmm. thing was happening with Job and there was some kind of allowance in the supernatural that we, it's beyond our capacity to understand with the evil one in Job's life and what happened. I also think about Jesus and the spirit leading him into the wilderness and how those were, those were times of total and complete depravity in our flesh and in the natural, but then in the supernatural and the spirit realm, they, meaning themselves, meaning Jesus himself and now Paul himself are strong. And so we kind of have like this inverse relationship with the idea of strength and what that means in our world today. And we look and see, you know, we'll talk about that coming up, but we see fame or we see Mm -hmm. money and we, and, and we equate that with belonging and purpose. And that's not it. And Paul's saying, 
you know, I'd much rather, I'd much rather endure this hardship with Jesus Christ than have any kind of spotlight or fame or an infamy on me because he knows that the best position is the position at the Lord's feet. And so then that brings us to just a place to sit and audit and question, man, what am I boasting in? Like when I live my daily life, the, mm. the ins and outs of my day, um, where kind of, where does my, my gratitude, my, uh, my confidence, where does that rest in? What does that look like if you actually honestly examine that? And it does have to be honestly, because I think sometimes we don't even know that about ourselves where we think like, no, we're, you know, we're, we're going through the motions. Maybe we're coming to church or maybe we know the right things to say, but in, in earnesty and honesty, when we sit, so this is another place we don't have really time to flesh out, but when we sit alone and quiet with the Lord and it's just us and we're totally exposed, whether it's silence and solitude, um, whether it's uh, prayer, morning prayer, devotion time. Um, we quickly come to realize how we do not have it together and how that's a good thing Yeah, because we need the risen Lord and he so readily gives of himself every day, these new mercies every day. And so that's what Paul, Paul knows this full well. And really Paul has, um, Paul has great concern now for the church and he has and had great concern he's continuing to pursue these people who have been really hard to love exactly it's been wild yes people who well people who have just straight up you know we're talking name calling we're talking unimpressive speech yeah. like some of these things like that's Roaring really painful in your flesh lamb. what's it gonna be yes so look at uh, going to verse 14 is okay. that where you're headed next i am headed wherever you are taking us here's our yes. heading here we go <laughs> Verse 14, he says, now I'm ready to visit you for a third time right. and I will not be a burden to you. Right. Because what I want <laughs> is not your possessions, but you. Yeah. And after all, children should not have to save it for their parents, but parents for their children. So I will very gladly spend for you everything right. I have and expend myself as well. Mm -hmm. If I love you more, will you love me less? And so after hmm. multiple letters back right. and forth, after starting this church, after being slandered, accused, and gossiped mm -hmm, against, mm -hmm. Paul is still coming back to them, declaring his love for these people and saying, yeah. I'm trying my best to get back to you. I care about this church. I care that you grow in Christ-likeness. Mm -hmm. I'm coming back. And it's like, wow, Paul's not right. two-faced. He's contending for people despite their inability opposition. and failure <laughs> yeah. and opposition to his love. It's yeah. like, holy cow. I think as a younger pastor, I'm learning this, watching some older pastors that mm. contend for people. And when you work in, in churches, there's then like church networks and church plants and then affiliations. Yeah. And I've seen people mm -hmm. treat pe people who have been the benefactors of other churches, treat those churches who've helped them wrongly, sure. call them names, accuse them of things. saying like, you know, this is why we're not part of them or working with them anymore or whatever. And it's like, you're biting the hand that's feeding you. Like, what are mm -hmm. you doing? And for me, there's my flesh. I kind of want to be like, all right, forget you guys. I'm moving on. Yeah. But I've seen older, wiser, mature pastors stay in the ring. And it's not because they necessarily like enjoy these other people sure. so much, but rather they love them in Christ and they see the gospel opportunity that they're worth investing in. Yeah. So part of my flesh is like, you're annoying. I don't like what you're saying about people. And I think you're wrong. Yeah. So I'd love to just move on and not have to deal with you. Mm -hmm. But I've seen older pastors that I respect a lot say, no, it's still worth investing in these folks because there's there's a fruitfulness to their ministry. They're reaching a certain demographic or a certain group of people. Yeah. Let's continue to love them 
in Christ, continue investing in them so that the gospel yeah. would keep getting spread and, and keep going out. And uh, the, the question there, as I look at these men, these men that are pastoring these churches and movements, is like, what produces that kind of love? For right. Paul, for other people I know and respect, it's like, why are you fighting for them when they are, again, calling you names, slandering yeah. you on social media or whatever? And it's like, well, these people know how much God loves them and how mm. God pursued them. And I think for Paul, he's probably thinking about the road to Damascus. Like God came to right. him and stopped him right in the mm. middle of it. And again, it wasn't because Paul was so funny or awesome or smart or good. He was murdering God's people. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you? Yeah. It's like, it's me, Jesus. And uh, I'm reminded like, okay, God, I need to pursue people for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of the kingdom, just mm-hmm. as you did. And I love that Jesus in some of the old hymns and whatever is called the hound of heaven, because <laughs> you, you think about the hound of heaven, sniffing out, pursuing, going for people and, and in a good way. It's like, okay, this is what Paul's doing here. Maybe we can learn from him. Yeah. Paul kind of continues just with like what, with love and, and like how that, how that actually plays out here in the, in the last few verses. So I'll read verses 16 through 19, but that be that it is may, I have not been a burden to you yet crafty fellow that I am. I caught you by trickery. Did I exploit you through any of the men Mm. I sent to you? I urged Titus to go to you and I sent your, our brother with him. Titus did not exploit you. Did he? Did we know, did we not walk in the same footsteps with the same spirit? Hmm. And so Paul is just saying like, here's specific examples with Titus, with how I've lived, that we've loved you, that we've modeled generosity. And, and just a reminder that love kind of going back to like the, the idea earlier in chapters, like eight, when the spirit of generosity, like, and that's what he's getting at with Titus too, and the money where it's like, that's all about giving. Like, this isn't, you know, this isn't me standing up for himself. That's where he goes. This isn't me just constantly coming before you, trying to defend myself. This is actually me coming before you in the spirit of the living God to say, Hey, let's remember Mm. the gospel and let's live rightly. That's what verse 19 sounds like. Have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? We have been speaking in the sight of Mm. God as those in Christ. And everything we do, dear friends, is for your strengthening. And so that idea um, that love builds up, even when building up could be painful, is like, it's such a helpful imagery right now with what Paul's doing, where he's saying like, I'm coming to you from this place of genuine love. Mm -hmm. And people who come in genuine love, while it might be hard, or we've talked about that, where there might be conflict, they stay in the ring. And that's what Paul's doing. And I've heard other people say like, build the building up in love might feel like you're getting torn down Hmm. because confrontation, conflict, addressing sin is not always fun and pleasing. Sure. But it's necessary Mm -hmm. to build up the Lord's church and for people to become who they need to become. So just remember that next time you're in a contentious situation with humility and gentleness of Jesus, we step in like Paul did. Because the goal is that that person would become who God designed them to be. You and I would become who God wants us to be. And then I appreciate Paul's conclusion to this chapter because he Mm -hmm. again has gone from sorrow to grieving to love and joy to now he's being honest again with like some of his emotions. He's Mm -hmm. talking about, I'm afraid, I fear, Mm -hmm. I'm afraid, I'm grieved. And so Paul is is Mm -hmm. honest about his sadness and his fear and his grief of like, I think that we're going the right direction, but I'm also fully aware that this thing might not work. The church in Corinth might like just go kaplat. And he's, he's worried. And the reason why he's afraid and worried is because he cares. 
right. that care is earnest and genuine and legitimate, authentic. And he's saying, I've put my whole self on the line. Yeah. And almost in a way he's vulnerable. Yeah. His emotions are vulnerable. And so there's, again, this call to love other people begins with a willingness and a desire to die into ourselves. Again, because right. that's what Jesus did. Well, I and think like, that's just it. Yeah. I would love to say this. I would love to not even be part of this relationship. I'd love to go do something else. But because of the gospel and the kingdom potential here, yeah. I have to stay in the ring and keep investing in you because I see who you can be in Christ yeah. and who you can then reach in Jesus' name. Yeah. Praying that there be more souls in heaven because of what we've done here. Right. The yeah. cruciform lifestyle. Yeah. As we model Paul, Paul models Jesus. It's really good. Yeah. You guys, thanks for joining us for 2 Corinthians. We'll be back continuing in 2 Corinthians. Really good stuff. Yep. God bless you wherever you're at, wherever you're listening. Bye-bye. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.